0: Hello everybody, I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more. While well, kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time, you can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains,
1: we speak. show. You have all made it to the dance. You have
0: Welcome from the X Access. It's John Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 207. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, we're going back to the cannabis industry. That's right, it's been a hot topic of late, and for good reason. It is an industry on the ascent, and I love talking about that. In this week's episode, I've got Will Spilo. Will Spilo is the co-founder of CBD Lux, which sells CBD inhalers, tinctures, vape pens, and CBD sublingual sprays. He also used to be a big mountain snowboarder and an international heli-ski guide. And what's remarkable on this show is he talks about all the many gigs he's had in his life. He started a construction company. He worked for a while in private capital. He's done a ton of stuff. He's a fascinating and great guy. He's a new dad, and he's doing great things in this growing industry. Now, I asked him why he got into CBD, and he told me in his career as a professional athlete that NSAIDs were just destroying his body. He was just taking Advil all the time, or Aleve, or whatever. I don't want to name brand anyone here, but he was taking these types of pills, and it was just wrecking his body, so he needed an alternative. So he looked into CBD, started CBD Lux, and here we are. The cannabis industry is fascinating to me which is why I've done so many shows about this. And we're still early on here. We don't even know what this is going to look like two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And so it's fun to put together a time capsule like this so that in the future we can look back and go, wow, that's where the cannabis industry was then. Here's where we are now. This industry has really grown and really changed. According to Will, I ask him, I'm like, if this is a baseball game, what inning are we in? And he goes, top of the second. Top of the second. There's a lot of game left to be played here. And I can't wait to see how it turns out. You can find out more about Will and about CBD Lux by going to the John of All Trades companion blog piece. That's on johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. You'll find a companion blog piece to cbdlux.com, to a bio about Will, to their social media channels. It's fantastic. All the resources you need are right there, along with all 200 plus episodes of the show up to this point, including all the first job series. You heard Wills earlier this week, where he worked for the PhD botanist across the street. I love doing the first job series. It's a fun way to tease episodes and give you a little sneak preview of each of my guests by talking about their very first job. Those show up on Mondays. Those are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and the website only. You can also get them on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get podcasts. New episodes then drop on Wednesdays. If you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher or another podcatcher, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you, and that somehow helps the algorithm to make John of All Trades more visible to people. You know what helps even further? Leaving us a rating, leaving us a review. So you know what? Just click that button, give us five stars. That helps us move up as well. That's enough plugage for right now. Episode 207 features Will Spilow, the co-founder of CBD Lux. He's a great guy a man of many interests. He's a brand new father and his episode starts right now.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, fortunately I still get a couple weeks of that a year. It used to be a full-time job for me, but, uh, I have a place in Vail still, but I've kind of, you know, we just had a child in August, which is very exciting. Oh, Good for you, man. Yeah. Thanks. And my, my, uh, fiance will, will be formally married here. And, uh, in June, uh, she has a business down here as well, so I we just kind of committed to the, you know, let's both just get our businesses built and uh, see what we can do and raise our kid down here.
0: Totally. August what? August 2nd. Okay, because I'm August 28th. So oh, yeah. August yeah. birthday. Uh, so, okay, that puts, that's like five months? Yes. Five,
1: almost six months. Yeah, it'll be six months February 2nd. Oh, that's that's a big milestone. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's just, I, you know, everybody says, oh, it's going to, Going to change your life, and all that, you know, there's just a lot of stuff you don't prepare yourself for. You can't be prepared for, I should say. You yeah, know? Right. And it's just so enamoring, you know. I mean, that little guy looking back at you, and he's well, been a really great baby, too. He sleeps through the night and does cute baby stuff all day. So. Uh, oh,
0: nice. How how soon was he sleeping through the night?
1: Uh, literally within a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? Yeah. I mean, nice. he, he got up once a night. I mean, <laughs> so I don't think I've really experienced <laughs> truly being a father yet. Right. Sleep deprivation has been more just uh, business stress than it is baby maintenance.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it like, it will come. The yeah. thunder will come in a different form. Sure. Like my, my daughter was a really good sleeper too. But then at some point, like at a year and a half, she started getting night terrors
1: Oh, poor girl. where
0: she wasn't even awake. Right. But she'd just be screaming. So you'd wake up all freaked out. You go, what What's wrong with my daughter? And you'd go look at her. She'd just be asleep. And You're then, kidding. yeah, then it would stop. And we read about it and it said, yeah, don't wake them up.
1: She was like a green beret in her ex-life. Yeah, totally. Right.
0: That's, uh, that's exactly right. But that's great, man. And six months, like the lights start going on a little bit more too.
1: Like Yeah, the interaction is definitely there, you know. And that's They're, that's they're really not
0: funny. laying there like a little broiled chicken.
1: I've like, <laughs> <laughs> heard anybody call my baby a broiled chicken. Yet, but I, you know, I'm open to suggestions. No, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. The engagement factor is there. Um, we've really, you know. It's just his reaction to noises, this little stuff he does. And, and in general, I mean, so far, uh, he's just been a really happy baby. And uh, so it's he's very receptive, and, and we're very receptive to that. You know, it makes it easy to spend a lot of time with
0: him. Well, I mean, we like to think around here that you, you get out what you put in. So if you're putting in good energy and you're yeah. sort of, you know, doing positive vibes, you'll get that reflected back.
1: Yeah. We believe. We subscribe to that fully.
0: So this is Will Spilo, and he is the co founder of CBD Lux, And okay. You said, uh, you're having the growing pains and it's always interesting with startup companies because it's like, okay, we're doing this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden you go, we don't have this discipline here. So we got to add that too. like, you got to add on HR, right? And you got to add on all these different people doing all sorts of functions. So how long you've been at it now?
1: So we incorporated in late 2015 and, um, we kind of came to market with a very simple product. And the reason why I kind of got into it was because I, uh, from being a professional athlete in big mountain snowboarding, I'm totally rebuilt. Like, I've got deck screws in my neck and right. cables everywhere and a pretty heavy regiment of NSAIDs. And I was already in the cannabis space. Somebody turned me on to CBD. At the time, there was only, like, one guy in the country importing kilos of uh, – that doesn't sound fair enough, <laughs> importing kilos of, um, of CBD isolate made in an ISO lab in the U.K., and kilos were $65,000 at that time. Good Lord. Yeah. you know, I mean, you could buy some really cheap stuff or cheaper or still like $50,000 out of China. But, um, you know, when you get it tested and stuff. and the,
0: It's going to be of questionable quality, right? Right,
1: right. You know, the meter goes off the scale for heavy metals. Um, but <laughs> so we kind of, we made a really simple product, which is still still to this day, which is isolate and MCT and a, for a sublingual topical product. And I handed it out to a bunch of professional athletes I work with. And the reception was just, you know, overwhelming. I'm like, okay, I'm out of cannabis. I'm into this now. So the the public uh, education at that time was so limited, and on an organic grassroots budget, uh, we right. wanted the people to have the funding to go out and basically educate people. You know, and my reach was a, a small niche of the professional ski community, and uh, <laughs> you know, they may have a lot of Facebook followers, but that's right. about it. So we uh, we kind of had to wait for things to catch up. So, you know, I was still guiding. I still worked for uh, Grow Life, publicly uh, publicly traded hydroponic company, and just kind of, you know, was still in the industry in that capacity. We were working on a brand uh, in Washington, but that the ever-changing legislation at the time was just more than we could bear. And, you know, to to take on uh, investment capital and try and navigate that on a daily basis was right. more than I could bear. You know? Because
0: in terms of cannabis, you know, the it yeah. in terms of banking, it's in like this legal gray area, right? And everyone's really gun shy about it in terms of yeah. that side of it, right? I
1: mean, you know, for C B D now that the Farm Bill passed, you know, institutional wealth is coming right in and fast. Oh, yeah. you know, we're already talking to large firms and stuff that are interested in them making a play. So that's exciting. Because that's the kind of capital that allows you to grow to the size of Real company size, you know, large infrastructure, large distribution networks, being able to meet demand, growing to a capacity that I don't think um, people really had the scope of before. Right. And also bringing in that kind of know-how and that kind of resource as well to back up that money. And that's the way we look at it. Um, you know, there's a ton of money out there just willing to throw it at you. But, you know, what we're looking for is money that comes with resource and know-how and education and um, – Experience. Yeah,
0: it, you got to find the right fit. You know, people who match with you philosophically. You want to grow the right way. You yeah. know, you're not you're not just doing sort of a shotgun approach here, yeah. where you go, yeah, we'll just take all the money. And you know, they may have different ideas about how they want the company to grow. And you go, that's that's not how it matches up with us. Yeah,
1: you really want to align yourself uh, morally, intentionally, and 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 directionally. Um, it's pretty funny because these guys we're we're speaking with now just a wonderful group of uh, of people. Um with a tremendous amount of experience and, and all really aligned with kind of our, our you know ethos. So it's been great, but it's funny because most investors are like what are you gonna do for us? And always all we say is what are you gonna do for us? We we've spin that back and I'm like, excuse yeah. me, I didn't say that quite properly, but we're just constantly telling like, What do you have? Yeah, you, you know, what is it you're gonna do? What are you bring to the table? Yeah, like you know, besides money. What is in your bag of tricks and um they've got a big bag of tricks. Yeah.
0: Well one would hope, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if they have uh, any level of success. So, you mentioned that you're totally rebuilt. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I was reading up on you before we did this, and, uh, I'll have links to some of this in the companion blog piece on John of But, uh, from a career in skiing, I mean, it's knees, shoulders, and you said it, none of it was from a crash, right?
1: Yeah, it was just really, it, most of it was just maintenance. You know, cause I've been doing it for so long. I mean, it was the kind of the thing, uh, <laughs> I had I had some older friends and a couple of them were doctors that are heli ski guides. These guys are just fantastic individuals, completely driven and you know, I really look up to them. I mean, they're ER doctors and they they work, you know, 80 hours a week and then they, you know, take off time to go guiding and they travel the world and really neat guys, but they have a real good uh, instinct into, you know, the human body and intuition of, you know, how the body grows and how it de- breaks down and they're like, wait till you turn 40. And at 40, I was just in incredible shape. Yeah. And I was kind of scoffing at him, you know, and then 41, my man, the glue failed, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, this is what they were talking about. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it was like one, yeah, it was one after another. And, uh, and that's when I really started thinking about, okay, buddy, you gotta yeah start thinking about some other careers and, um, yeah, really just kind of focusing more. I, I did a stint in private equity, kind of trying to learn, you know, that side of the finance world mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in commercial real estate ventures, we got into some, uh, a raise for uh, power factor correction in large industrial settings, you know, pretty mm-hmm. interesting stuff, but it just took a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Know? I mean, it's interesting to me that your entire career was in skiing up to that point. Was that a hard pivot for you? Like getting out of that? I mean, I know your body was sort of, you said the glue was failing.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just really fortunate that I really enjoy what I do. I mean, it, Hard, it doesn't even mean to describe it because it's just, it's completely different lifestyle change. You know, I used to spend every day outside and, you know, yeah. I had a construction company too. And we just worked outside in surf shorts and flip flops and chainsaws and heavy tools, you know, all the time. Yeah. We didn't care. Um. You know, we didn't have OSHA showing up at our job sites in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. So yeah, I used to spend a large portion of my year in Costa Rica as well at a place down there. So it's, it's been a change, but it's just been kind of the evolution, you know. of of all the things I've wanted to do and and having a successful business that helps people has been something that's always been on my bucket list. So, you know, I feel very, very fortunate that all the other things up until that point I've gotten to do and uh, fairly successfully. And now I'm doing this and uh, we're just hoping to realize some real success.
0: Well, I mean, I think that part of that has to do with mindset. And when I talk to entrepreneurs and in particular, you mentioned all the businesses you have, kind of a serial entrepreneur here. It, It doesn't always matter exactly what you're doing. But if you dive into it, and if you dive into it with the right mindset, you'll be successful, and you'll enjoy whatever it is you're doing. The flavor may change, but you know, pushing through the journey is really where the, the yeah, reward is. You not
1: get to couple that with patience. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, you know, really seeing your success after just working ridiculous hours, and really believing in what you're doing, and, and really just giving it your all. But you know, eventually, you have to see some rewards at some point, and yeah. I think. You know, just like my, my career in, uh, heli skiing, it was just timing, you know, really lucky The whole Alaskan snowboarding scene came along or skiing and snowboarding scene came along and I just fell into place. I had all my certifications. I'd already traveled to the world snowboarding and skiing. I'd already, you know, been an ice climbing guide. So all my skills were there. They culminated right at the time of this coming yeah. in. So like, Hey, you're hired and it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. And, you know, and right now the farm bill passing and just the, yeah. the explosion of this industry and, um,
0: well, and in Colorado, we had a ballot measure that um, that changed the certification for hemp or the classification for hemp,
1: right? Yeah, that was the farm bill. That's no, okay, that okay. federal measure.
0: Okay, yeah. there was. I thought there was one in Colorado too. I want to say it was like uh, Amendment X,
1: possibly. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could speak more to it. Um, I just keep my eyes on the big prizes. Sure, because Colorado, <laughs> I'm like nobody's bothering me here. Right. But what the? Yeah, and it wasn't hindering sales or anything. Sure. Um, you know, little things in Colorado, like where you sell. Uh, there's the Colorado Department of Health. Then there's the then there's the Denver Department of Health. So right. different things to navigate there are definitely uh, a learning experience. <laughs> Let's revert well, back to that patience thing again.
0: Right. I mean, bureaucracy moves at what? <laughs> just a glacial pace, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that, would <I'd> <laughs> move backwards.
0: Well, and you would know, having, yeah. <laughs> having traveled yeah, exactly. <laughs> to you glacier know, it's country. Speaking
1: of glaciers, it's kind of sad, you know, when I keep hearing this stuff about there's no global warming. When you are in an environment where you can see Physical, tangible evidence. I mean, when I first started going to Valdez, the glacier was at the pond in town. And now it's like five to six miles away. Oh, geez. And that's in, you know, 20
0: years. Well, and five to six miles. I mean, yeah, that's you're going to notice that. I
1: might even be over, undershooting that because the mountains are so big there yeah. that it could be 20 and I'm not even realizing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've only been to Alaska once, but it's absolutely breathtaking.
1: Yeah. It's something everybody has to see for sure.
0: 100%. Especially like I got off the plane in Anchorage and we're driving up toward Wasilla because I was going to the state fair. Yeah. Long story. But, uh, I asked, uh, I asked the guy who I was with. I'm like, how tall is that mountain? He goes, Oh, probably five or 6,000 feet. And I thought, oh, I'm from Colorado. Like it's 14,000. But I go, wait a minute. That's coming straight out of the sea ocean. Level. Yeah. So that's like, that's a mile of rock yeah, right in front of you.
1: It's pretty impressive. Man. Wild.
0: So I, one thing I hadn't seen uh, on your website, you know, being a heli-ski guide, um,
1: do you fly too? Like, no, absolutely uh, not. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of the work I did was with films, like you see for Red Bull or Mastic Productions and stuff like that. And, and the, or like,
0: did you ever do any work with Warren Miller?
1: You know, never Warren Miller, but, um, uh, most of the other ones. Okay. Um, yeah, just never that contract never presented itself, but um, pretty aggressive athletes and stuff. And uh, we make the helicopter, or we ask the helicopters to do, and the pilots and the positions they put us in. And you know, I thought to myself, if I ever really knew what was going on in that guy's head right now, I'd probably never want to do this, you know. Because one day we were trying to get out on like this, you know, just a needle prick of a peak, yeah, yeah, uh, with a couple athletes, and it was actually just me and one other one because there wasn't enough room for more than two people, and uh, you know, the guy. I was just getting out and all of a sudden the wind blew, you know, and I'm oh. hanging out over thousands of feet. And I jumped back in and and the guy, you know, he kind of tried to explain to me what just happened. I said, hey, I, I I'm never, <laughs> never going to tell you about the avalanche or the danger of the snow conditions. I'll just tell you where to park the thing and don't ever tell me about what's going on. <laughs> It's like this. I just say they're all simple yes or no questions. Can I go there? No? Okay, let's try the next one. Yeah, perfect. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't need any more color than well, that. Well, it's my
1: head's art. You know, I have limited bandwidth as it is, so <laughs> I need to start thinking about that as well. Yeah, there's so we'll well, to focus on as it is.
0: Well, I think there's a reason why, if you ever watch the A team, why Murdoch was the crazy one, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> this is the first heli ski A team analogy I've heard. That's, hey,
0: we're breaking new ground yeah, here. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's, that's what we do here, Will. <laughs> Um, the Murdoch principle <laughs> yeah, because
0: I've, I've only been in a helicopter a handful of times and those guys will mess with you too. Oh, it's a,
1: it's an amazing machine, but you just got to think about it. You you're looking at it. It's the shape of a Turkey leg <laughs> and it goes any direction you want. It's like in, in your mind, you know, they're so used to the, uh, the idea of glide and flight and lift and, you know, you're like, how does this fit in?
0: <laughs> how does this impossible yeah. sort of... uh
1: <laughs> creation,
0: you know. This insane-looking machine uh, fit into that, yeah. yeah. I want to get back to something about why you you started this company. And, you know, you mentioned you were on NSAIDs, which, I mean, let's, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, that's like Advil and Aleve and that Precisely. kind of thing, right? Um, were you noticing problems from taking those sort of chronically? Oh, yeah. What, what were the problems? Because I...
1: Well, you know, it's it's also a combination. Like, I, I you know, I grew up a total onophile uh, and foodie because my, my mom owned a gourmet food store and my dad's French and Italian. Like, that's what our family does is eat and drink. And so nice. I noticed that, um, you know, at night, I'd have to take about, I'd probably take two to three rounds a day of about 400 okay. um, milligrams. You know, I'd never, I, I, all the doctors I talked to was like, there's really no point taking more than that because basically you're just beating up your liver huh. and then your kidneys as well. But uh, I noticed like I was starting to, you know, just not feel well after I would drink like, you know, some wine with dinner or whatever. And it's just, you know, just little things that I wouldn't normally feel. Right. And we both know nobody's quitting wine at dinner. I uh, know. So we'd have to find a solution.
0: Unless you have a very different problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, generally that's not a wine with dinner kind no, of problem. No, yeah,
1: exactly. That gets into like cheap gin. Yeah. But, right. Um, no, no. Uh, so it was just noticing things like that. And, and then also, you know, when I was hiking, we did pretty much most, 90% of the skiing I do is something I hike to. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just kind of mixed with some of the nutrition drinks and, and sports drinks and just just feeling that change in physiology. And I'm like, and, you know, I talk to my doctor friends. I mean, I just always pick up the phone and call them first. And they're like, yeah, it's because how many NSAIDs you've taken. They're like, how many years has it been? Yeah. And, like, you got to stop. And then, you know, I would also get a – one job I had, I've worked in South America since, like, 2004. And w- w- the first – company I worked for, I had to get a work visa and I would do blood tests. And then I was like, started to, you know, they were just looking for like AIDS tests and basic stuff. So, you know, so you can enter the country as a yeah. threat. And uh, I started asking them to just do blood work, you know, and they're like, Hey, you've got some really high enzyme values and stuff. And, and they said right away, like, just do you take a lot of NSAIDs? Yeah. So, you know, that's a driving force, you know, there's gotta be an alternative.
0: Yeah. I And I think that's something that is not well known if you're not like in the athlete community, because, you know, I don't, I personally don't, didn't know how damaging they can be if you're taking them all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's <laughs> even though you see the commercials now where, you know, they, they, are supposed to disclose everything they do wrong to you. Um, you know, their adverse side effects, I should say. Right. I've never really seen that for NSAIDs. You know, it's usually like Humara or some, you know, some other thing that's like, watch out, you know, your eyeballs will fall out. You're right.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get uh, all sorts of, uh, those commercials are so weird
1: too. They're so long because there's I mean, like it doesn't seem any none of them seem like it's worth taking the pill for the original. No, cure, like know? if the, <laughs> it's like possible side effects: temporary blindness, paralysis,
0: death, yeah. oily diarrhea. Yeah, you're like, what the hell?
1: It's funny because we touched a, upon a lot of these similar things in, in a podcast I did years ago, and uh, you know the gentleman brought up uh, <laughs> homicidal thoughts. Oh. <laughs> if you're suffering from homicidal thoughts, it's like. Think of the liability that entails. Like you can still put a product on the market yeah. that potentially gives you homicidal thoughts. You know, or I'm not sure if it was thoughts or tendencies. Yeah, that might you, be a, that's a line to not to cross. Did
0: you take your murder pill today? <laughs> hey,
1: you know, there I was trying to cure this uh, func- nail fungus disease, and I ended up killing my family. Darn the luck! Which,
0: in retrospect, might have been a mistake. I might have just been able to live with the nail fungus, although that was making me a little murderous
1: too. Right. My family was <laughs> extremely agitated by it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what was the development like? I mean, you mentioned buying, uh, buying this from the UK at what was it? $65,000 a kilo. Yeah, It was, uh, it
1: was, it was made from an ISO lab in the UK. We bought it from a gentleman here in the United States and he was like the first guy in the game. Really a great guy too. really interesting character. Um, he, he had a really interesting background. I mean, he's you know, he had like this Hemingway esque air to him because he, you know, flew bush planes. He was a big fly fisherman. He had, you know, start, worked in pharma. Just a really interesting background yeah. and, a, and a joy to uh, to interact with. I still, you know, we still talk to this day. Um, but, you know, I was like you're not going to be able to hold on to those prices long. And he, he tried. And he did quite well in the start, you know. But sure. it's American way competition.
0: Yeah. I mean, nothing lasts forever, right? You know. Given that you've worked now in the cannabis industry for a number of years. I'm always interested in this question. What annoys you about cannabis culture right now?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, a I mean, lot of things. But I think they're things that apply to any other industry. I think that they're just exacerbated by um, a different caliber of entry in the sense of it brings a lot of people into a business realm that might not otherwise be there. Right. And, um, as I think you were, you and I were discussing before we Flip the mic on. Um, Not that there's anything discussed. It couldn't have been mentioned with the mic on. We just hadn't gotten there yet. It's just that, um, you know, there's a lot of Mm self-accreditation. And I think that kind of like, you know, how did you become a master grower? Because I wrote that on my card. (laughs) You know, um, how did, you know, how is it you're this aficionado now? Yeah. Um, And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, every industry has it. And that's why I say there's the growing pains of any industry, you know.
0: My wife's a former realtor and so many realtors are terrible.
1: Like, oh yeah, I, I'm sell- yeah. yeah. I've had some pretty. Ex- I've, I used to have a bunch of real estate, and uh, you know, from buying and then selling, you see both sides of the coin, and it's it's interesting dichotomy for me because a lot of the guys I was heli ski with they're all realtors now, very very successful, and they're some of the greatest people I know. Yeah, yeah. And they just have a different approach, but there's definitely um, let's just say some I don't find their approach as palatable. And I guess you could say the same about the cannabis industry.
0: I think that's probably accurate. And I think what you're seeing now is a maturation of the cannabis industry. I just saw like, like Anheuser-Busch is like getting into it and has products that you can buy. I mean, that's a huge company. Yeah. Um, and so Coca-Cola. You, yeah. You mentioned a lot of companies are sort of exploring this and big businesses coming in in a way. And a lot of that sort of chaff that started in the industry where you had people who are like, I really like weed and I need a job. They'd get into it, and then you know, as you're leveling up a business, there are certain steps you have to take in order to become a legitimate business and become good at it. A lot of that is getting sort of weeded out because you've got heavy hitters and real players coming in.
1: Yeah, you know what I think is a really interesting part about the cannabis industry and CBD, like, is and which I find enjoyable is that you are taking people that have no prior experience in cannabis, but have great formal business backgrounds and educations. And then combining that with people that do know the industry from a different angle. And I think that's where like the true synergies and successes are because I, I mean, you know, as long as it's, it's like anything else, I mean, either you like the person or not, it has nothing to really do about what exactly they know. It's just about more who they are. And, uh, and I think you get some pretty interesting combinations and you get a lot of creativity and then you get that driven by business experience, you know, and, And credibility and uh, it has a kind of a neat end result. I mean, one of the coolest parts about this is I had, when I was younger, I was, uh, had a big art background, you know, there's a lot of painting and drawing and I thought I was going to be a graphic artist, but decided that uh, snowboarding was cooler (laughs) or more fun than sitting inside around an easel. So um kind of getting to use that. We do a lot of our own, pretty much all of our own design for our packaging. Wow. And it's just take after take after take, you know, we're pretty OCD about it because we want the finished product to really stand out. And we want it. We're giving a, uh, a, uh, an image to what we consider a great product. Yeah. And we want to, you know, display that.
0: Yeah. I think what you're describing too is I have a couple of reactions to that. First of all, Taking the knowledge from people who've worked inside the cannabis industry, with and then people with the traditional business background—that's what makes people successful anywhere. Anytime you can understand sort of the yin and the yang of whatever it is you're working in, you're going to do better than, sure. than you would by yourself. Mind. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's collaboration. What did we learn here that we can apply over here? But secondly, I mean, you've mentioned now construction, heli skiing, graphic art, the cannabis industry, and there's a philosopher that I love. It's it's my favorite. Philosophical construct. It's it's a philosopher named Erasmus, and he talks about copiousness, and you are living kind of a very copious life in a lot of ways. Where he said the the example he uses in the the paper that he wrote is uh, infinite ways to say I love you, and he wrote out a, like I don't know thousands of them. Where I apply that to my own life, and that's why I call myself John of all trades. Is I am curious about everything. You know, I want to learn more about anything that anyone is willing to share with me. And you seem to share it as kind of a similar energy. Is that a life philosophy for you?
1: You know, I can't say that it's like a a philosophy that I try and subscribe to. It just presents itself. You know, I think it's just a basic curiosity and I, you know, I just find that like, but not
0: everyone's wired that way. Have you noticed that a lot of people are creatures of habit or, you know, like their routines and their habits. And
1: yeah, I guess, I mean, if I had to sit like to kind of think about what I would dwell back on is, um, a couple things. One is just like today's, over let's try and maximize you know and uh, obviously you can't live just day to day but that just kind of always keeps me striving for more you know and uh, and then thinking about a friend of mine said to me you know at the time I was doing so many different things and I was kind of wearing myself out just constantly traveling you know and I was like man I gotta I gotta narrow this down and he's like well just what are the things you remember think back five years what are the things that stand out the most in your mind mm. and that was such a great way for me to just narrow down okay, these are the things that I always remember and these are what, these are the dearest memories I have and the things I hold in my heart or that have the most impact in imagery, my mind. Yeah, And I thought that was a great way to just kind of filter out maybe the trivial things that I was just trying to pack in there. Yeah, know?
0: filter out some of the noise.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's it's really helped me, to tell you the truth. And I mean, right now, I really could never, I mean, if you told me I was going to sit in front of a computer for 14 hours a day <laughs> for six days a week before, I would have just said, all right, one bullet, spin it, let's do this, you know. Um, but now I find myself, you know, hard to pull myself away.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're energized by the work. And it's not so much the rote tasks that you're doing, but it's what those tasks are leading to, right? Sure, I, mean, it, it's, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, especially you can do anything if you like who you work with. And if you like sort of what the goal is, keeping your eye on the prize, you know, the, the work becomes rewarding. I, I liken it to ditch digging. Not everyone is willing to dig the ditch to get to where they want to be. But it sounds like, I mean, ditch digging, not afraid, not not something you're afraid of.
1: No, you know, it's so funny too because when I was building houses, uh, you know, I didn't have to put on a tool belt or, or grab the shovel, but I just enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, the sun in <laughs> your back, being out there and just the time to think, mm. you know, I mean, I'm sorry, simple as it sounds, but there's like something therapeutic about digging a hole or, you know, or <laughs> yeah, digging totally. a ditch or, you know, some mundane task where, or sweeping out know, a house. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, your hands and your muscle motions going and then your mind has time to think, you know, and, uh, and then you're getting exercise too. You know, at that time I was, I was pretty banged up all the time just from constant exercise. Yeah. So staying moving was really key. That's not kind of been the hardest part about this transition is still getting time to you know stay physical, yeah, and stay loose because the more I sit, this it all kind of starts shrinking in on you know, it, tightening you know? up, right? Yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, guess I'll be wearing flip flops today because there's no tying shoes. Oh my! So what do you do to stay active now? In the summer, I do a lot of mountain biking, uh, never, never as much as I'd like. And then uh, this winter has just been too busy. Typically, I just go backcountry skiing, um, but I go to the gym three or four times a week, and um, you know, cardio in there. Um, some boxing and stuff like that. Weight training. I still say, I mean, in that respect, very active, but oh, it's sure, not, yeah. you know, before it was more of like an, a full day thing, you know, and
0: right where, where you're else. just kind of moving all day. Whereas yeah. now it's like uh, a very concentrated time.
1: Yeah. And it really, uh, a concerted effort to get it in too. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you I have got, to prioritize. It. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I used to go to the gym quite a bit more and, and I found that the time it took to get there to work out and come back was taking up too much time. And I wasn't really getting sleep because the time I was missing doing the work that needed to get done right now, and this is a recent thing, hmm. um, was more than I was willing to deal with, you know? And so I stopped going for about a month, and, and my uh, my fiance was concerned and such a great woman, and she, she bought me like a home gym. Oh, nice. And she's like, just run up there for an hour, you know? Yeah. I mean, almost to the point of, like, go do it. Yeah, like, go make it happen. Yeah, I get a little cranky if I don't <laughs> else, so it serves her better.
0: Well, it's like uh, The Rock, if you follow him on Instagram or whatever. Dwayne Johnson,
1: yeah. you know, he's always uh, clanging and banging, as he says. Clanging and banging. <laughs> so. He's a busy boy. I just saw um, our kids were watching the, uh, what is it called? I just saw it. It's not the Gladiator one. It's, uh, oh, what did they call it? I mean, he designed this incredible Oh, course. yeah, the Titan Games. Titan Game. thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. I Dude. mean, and the level of athletes these guys are. I mean, some of those tasks, I was, you know… Her kid was like, You'd be great at that. I'm like, Absolutely not, kid. <laughs> like, You're like, You're any know one that. of those objects would just roll over me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's some next level stuff. Yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah. And just to see the different body types and how one did better at this and one did better at the other. I mean, they had a guy on there the other night, a fireman that, like, they, I mean, it's obviously in his wheelhouse. They had to chop some concrete ball apart. Sure. And the guy, like, knocked it out in like three whacks with a guy that was six foot nine and, like, Two fifty, and still me on the fireman it was just enormous. Yeah, but it's just the difference in body shot, you know. And then they had to go run over these these rolling things, and guy couldn't get over one <laughs> and lost. I was like, oh, it's sad. Yeah, well, I just, you know, never want like to see anybody lose. You know, <laughs> well, it's going to happen. <laughs> just, just let it happen.
0: Yeah. So okay, uh, we would be uh, derelict if we didn't talk about actual some of the products at CD- CBD Luxe. Uh, offers yeah. and I know you know we can't talk necessarily about what effects they would have but why would someone want to utilize your products and and what products are available
1: so we have um currently out we do a sublingual and topical spray we have tinctures and we have vape pens and then we have inhalers a meter dose inhaler which is the same components used in albuterol inhaler oh really Same uh-huh. HPFA 13 oxygen farm grade oxygen And um, so what we're trying to do is – I got to ask though, why the inhaler? Because it's a precision-dosed immediate delivery system. Oh, yeah. So you're getting exact dosing every time, and that's important to a lot of people. It's also a very comfortable known delivery system, so people feel comfortable with it. And it also is immediate. Okay. And like any other drug or homeopathies is that – you want to take as little of something to get the maximum effect. Sure. And so based on um, the very specialized type of uh, full-spectrum oil we put in there, coupled with the nebulization of it by the compressed air, and then having that in your pulmonary system, it is uh, you don't really need much. Nice. And we're using a, a sub nano size particulate, so you're really using very, very, very small amounts of the CBD to get the desired effects. Okay. But what we've done is... Um, I think that there's a, com- a different comfort level of people entering in the CBD realm. Everybody has an idea of what they'd like to get out of it. So what we've done is we make a product that's an isolate base. So that's just a molecule of CBD. So there's no chance of THC. Okay, uh, It's safer in the sense of anybody who doesn't want any additional effects other than what they expect to get from the CBD. So we have a sublingual topical spray that does that. So you're All talking our-
0: about like no psychoactive
1: effects. Exactly. Or just no chance of that. Right. But, you know. And just a very safe uh, form. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's a pharma grade product. Wow. And then all of our additives, we really go out of our way to use uh, USDA certified, non-GMO. Any carriers, any sort of botanicals we add, uh, we insist on using once again organic certified, non-GMO where we can. Um, but it pretty much the industry lends itself that you can always find something, you know. Um, and then with our tinctures. It, we use a full-spectrum oil, very high quality. We source our hemp from organic, not certified, but using organic methods because the, the crop has to be in the ground five years before it can be oh. in an organic certification. So, they're, they're obviously, we're getting there since the industry is a little more mature now. Yeah, sure. Um, and then uh, then we have the inhalers, and we have a mycelized, which means it's kind of like sonically shattered and then reverse the polarity of the, the molecules so it draws water, and it's, it's about the easiest way I can explain it. Uh-huh. Um, it's a pretty – interesting process uh but um that gives it true water solubility versus like water miscibility which means it just exists in water a lot of them use a liposomal carrier and stuff which that's just an added chemical to make it exist in water so we're not we want to keep those things very simple uh non-invasive okay and we find that this this product that we're putting in our inhalers is extremely non-invasive i mean it's like inhaling air wow you really don't feel it we um, with most of our products, not all, um, it's easy to see on the websites which ones. There's kind of the three to four main components of CBD um, as far as their effective properties, and that would be anti-inflammatory, anti-spasmodic, uh, anti-emetic, which means anti-nauseal, and um, anti-spasmodic. You know, like uh, muscle contractions. Oh just, yeah, sure. Know, for seizures oh, yeah. and things like that, right? So, spasmodic, just take the first five letters. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, anti-medic and then uh, anti-anxietal. Okay. So um, we did some research based on um, a lot of the terpene effects of cannabis and what certain terpenes have certain reactions. And we also use it through aromatherapy and other forms of homeopathy and found that certain botanicals uh, in different forms can enhance those properties. Mm. So we've kind of what we consider bio-enhanced the CBD to create different effects. Wow. That was a lot of science you just threw at me. You know, I think it just sounds like a lot of science. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
0: as, as I'm listening, yes, it does sound like a lot of yeah, science. exactly. Um,
1: but, you know, we're, it's, the nice thing is there's a lot of people in this industry that are very interested in creating great products. So the accessibility to experienced, formidable knowledge is available. We've kind of co-opted or joint ventured with a lot of different uh, entities to gain their knowledge and uh, work on projects together.
0: Well, I mean, you you seem like you you have a great deal of drive and ambition. You're talking about working 14 hours a day in front of your computer and everything you've done it seems like you've thrown your whole heart into. Where do you see this company going? Like what's your design for it? What how big do you want it to get?
1: You know, um that's a good question. You know, it's it's kind of in the scope right now of some of the partners we're going to take on. Mm. Um I have certain expectations where um our distributions getting broader and broader we're moving into global markets now another continents and uh well and and this stuff isn't just available like in dispensaries right i mean oh no dispensaries um we don't actually sell in any okay yeah there's so there's which again so you it, could sell a non THC product in a medicinal dispensary but okay. not a recreational here in colorado so it was more and most people walk into a dispensary if they want CBD excuse me they want CBD with THC Right. So it, to us, it wasn't even worth the low hanging fruit. I mean, we, we made an attempt at it, but it was just more, more effort than it was worth for us. The real thing now is that they're CBD only store, stores or CBD centric stores. Native Roots opened up one. They carry our product and they sell quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a great group to work with. Um, very professional, well organized. One of
0: the biggest ones in Colorado.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Peter Noble's done a great job with yeah. uh, They've really taken the corporate model.
0: I actually yeah. went to high school with Red Jordan. Oh, so. no kidding! Yeah, I
1: know Red. Yeah, yeah, he's a really nice guy, man.
0: Yeah, I haven't talked to him in forever, but uh, I mean, he seems to be crushing it. So. Yeah, um, and I mean, Native Roots, yeah, they're uh, they're everywhere, man. Right. What yeah, they've they done a really good job. Um, but but what I, the the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people don't know necessarily. The difference, you know, like you, you think that you have to go to a dispensary to get CBD products. If, if you don't have sort of at bats with this industry, that's going to be one of the misconceptions you have.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's all about public awareness and like anything, I mean, right.
0: And that's part of what the purpose of us doing this is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also about, you know, like anything, I mean, a lot of people just kind of stumble upon things now the the thing that makes it a little easier though, is the online presence. Mm. You know, I mean, who doesn't go online to research anything, like to find anything? I mean, you know, I use an app to find out where I'm going to have dinner. Right. You know I mean? So you're kind of uh, a little archaic if you just just go online and then what would present itself is 50 different CBD companies and you could buy it online. Um, You know, it's interesting though. I mean, we have an info line and the amount of emails we get with questions that are pretty surprising, you know? Yeah. Give me Um, a for instance. Well, we sell a disposable vape pen and people ask how to use it. And I just figured, I don't, you know, I mean, it's a legitimate question, you know, Sure, but it, the hardest part is the explanation, put it in your mouth and suck, you know? So it's kind <laughs> of like, it's awkward. We're like, just, just take know, a so, pull off the thing. Yeah, I'm always like, I'm asking my assistant or somebody, I'm like, can you come craft something for me? You know, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but yeah. But so, I mean, that is the answer. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it, I mean, how else, how else you describe it? Um, but what's and funny, the funny with this, the... it's like, I literally have to tell them to put them the end with a hole in it in your mouth. They're like, which <laughs> end? I'm like, well, one end doesn't have a hole in it. The other one does. Does. So um, I'm gonna let you guess.
0: That reminds me of when I was 18 and my friend lit the wrong end of a cigar, and I thought, dude,
1: come on, like this really right. isn't that hard. Right. Um, I would give that a little more leeway, I think, just because you know, I mean, you got to clip one end off, and who knows?
0: Yeah, but he, you know, he's my friend, and uh, oh, what a dunce. So exactly. I gotta, I
1: gotta bust his chops off a little easy. bit. <laughs> But, uh, wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, we get a lot of really interesting questions and stuff. But, you know, what we get a lot of, which is really heartening, is uh, is just how much people need and rely on the product. When I first started this, I was really clear to people. I'm like, look, this stuff's not a panacea. But, you know, find what you want from it and see if it, if it fits that niche, you know, if it, you know, the key works for that hole. And uh, so it's been interesting. Um, you get a lot of feedback about things that you didn't anticipate. Some of that is obviously placebo, you know, psychosomatic effect. But uh, I think that um, it's been really interesting to see what people get out of it.
0: Well, is there any feedback off the top
1: of your head that a customer has said uh, back to you? You know, the biggest thing we have is um, kind of the middle-aged woman and the relief from anxiety they get. That's one of our biggest markets. And to the point of, you know... If if we're out so we have the huge demand for one of our particular pens and uh and every now and again you know there's a holiday in China. We get the vape pen itself from China, but we you know, all our ingredients are domestic in Colorado. Right. So we have to wait for those and sometimes there's a problem with shipment and they get pretty uh pretty dire in their emails, you know, about mm. how bad they need it.
0: Like pretty desperate sounding
1: Yeah. So we always suggest, you know, maybe next time you should increase your order.
0: Yeah. But I mean that's not like not dire or desperate in like an addiction narrative kind of way, right? Or no, is- I
1: think it's just that you know the amount of relief they get from it is something that they hadn't experienced before. And I mean, who wants to have anxiety? Uh, no, I suffer yeah. from it myself. Exactly. So I mean, if it's something as simple as a drop under the tongue or a vape pen for you know you're spending anywhere between thirty and seventy five dollars, I mean, you know, you're kind of frustrated when you don't have access, and it's it's nobody's fault. or on. We're you know we're having a hard time keeping up with demand because every month it's Hand over fist, large orders, and, yeah. and just—I mean, since the farm bill passed, it's been a frenetic pace.
0: Have you guys heard anything from like uh, the pharmaceutical industry or the medical, com- like the whole medical industrial complex? What you know, what's their thoughts on this whole CBD movement?
1: I think they kind of keep it at arm's length because it's just—we fall into that supplement or nutraceutical realm. You know? Okay, yeah, um, that's my take on it. You know, I- but are they afraid of you? I don't think so. I think the biggest thing um, is that they're really going to come in and, and try and sweep things up eventually. But, but you know, that's a prediction. But at the same time, look at the supplement industry. They've been kind of left alone. It's like mm. they're kind of like, you guys do your thing, we'll do ours. But um, it's just a matter of how much credibility is put into CBD and if they find its uh, validity enough to the point of wanting. You know, look at uh, GW Pharma, what they spent – to go through three rounds of testing yeah. to get of approved or Pedialix, you know, the interest is there. You know, I mean, it, from that perspective, if that's what you think is really going to happen, it's you want to build a, your business as big as you can and kind of get in their way. Yeah,
0: would it be your preference to sort of be part of that mainstream, or would you rather be left alone, like uh, the supplements?
1: You know, I, I think I'd be rather be left alone just because I can't compete in that realm. Right, there's no way. I mean, and, it's entrenched. It's been there for a hundred years, and they're not they're not interested in a j v <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Uh, Johnson and Johnson called us up. They thought it'd be really neat if we could work together. Like, yeah, Dow Chemical called yeah, us exactly <laughs> right. that'd be a wild call, yeah, but you know, I just think that. They're going to do what they're going to do. And uh, I just like my business. And we kind of have an idea of what direction we're going to go to. And I don't think that that's going to be as big a threat to the farm industry. What we believe in the the future of the industry for ourselves, at least, and Mm -hmm. our ideals, I think is going to keep us kind of in that supplement realm. All right. We've got some pretty neat ideas, and um, we're really excited to bring it to market. That's really exciting. Yeah. It's a great time, you know, And, and I'm really, I think there's a lot of great players in the CBD game. I think there's some greater than others. I think there's some amazing science behind a lot of these uh, companies. And I think it's just important for people to be educated enough or educate themselves and have resource of that education and knowledge to make the right decision and get good products.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, well, this was enormously informative and uh, I love talking to people in this realm because it's still on the ascent. Like, I mean,
1: yeah, that trajectory of growth is steep
0: and we're, I, I don't know. What would you say if, if, we liken this to a baseball game in terms of CBD, right? What inning are we in? second. The second inning?
1: Top of the second.
0: Top of the second. Wow.
1: Yeah. So we're early in the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you see what the potential is, I'd say that. Wow. All
0: right. Well, here's the part on the show where we do plugs. So where can people find out more about CBD Lux? Uh, anything you want to plug, do it now.
1: Well, you know I, Once again, it's, it's about people knowing um, – as much as they can about CBD and what its effects are and how it can help them, the National Institute of Health is an incredible resource for information. Uh, they spend quite a bit of time and money in, in educating the public or providing information for the public. So I suggest starting there before mm-hmm. you start making your decisions of CBD. Um, I think there's a lot of there's the CBD project. There's a lot of different information sources online, and I would suggest starting there. And uh, of course, I'm going you know, www.cbdluxe.com is where you can find our products. They're also sold locally at Native Roots. Nice. Uh, and they have a great staff there that has done a wonderful job of educating the public and the people who come in about what products will work best for them. You know, it's not always going to be CBD Luxe products, there's other ones mm-hmm. out there that are great. And uh, it's just most important is that you find the one that works best for you. So without making it too shameless, I think that's enough. All right. Well, fair enough, man. Uh, hey, I
0: I seed the floor at that point. It's all yours. You plug anything <laughs> right, you right, want. Right. So. Water it any way you like. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, Will Spilo, this was uh, enormously informative, and uh, I wish you continued success. Hey, thanks so much, John. I appreciate your time and inviting me on your show. That wraps up episode 207 of the John of All Trades podcast featuring Will Spilo, co-founder of CBD Lux. You can find out more about them on the John of All Trades website. That's J-O-N of alltrades.us. We are on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram, all under the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. That's right, across platforms, very easy. Just type in the same one. You'll find all sorts of great content, including Instagram, where if you like photos of cats, that's your jam. The John of All Trades Podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F T com.us training content engagement podcasting I will help your business or organization tell its story in a brand new way using a variety of formats just check us out d e f t c o m dot u s our sponsor is four degrees the number four d e g r e dot e s if you're doing anything online such as building a website doing some social media promotion or online advertising four degrees can help you get your campaign together. Whether it's the website, whether it's the messaging, or whether it's the deployment of those messages to the people who need to see it most. They're effective, they're efficient, and they are incredibly cost-friendly. So give them a ring. Number four, D-E-G-R-E dot i I'm back here next week with a brand new episode. So hit that subscribe button, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, any other podcatcher. Those episodes will come directly to you. First job will show up on Monday, new episode on Wednesday. So until I hear you back here again... Say goodnight, Gracie.
1: That's good, Johnny.
0: The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network in the shadow of the mountains. We speak.